Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Genesis chapter 23. Genesis chapter 23. Let me pick that up. In Genesis chapter 23, I'm going to read in just a moment, but I found this this week, and I want you to, uh, I want you to listen just a moment. The, the Spanish language, unlike English, in, in the Spanish language, unlike the English language, nouns are either masculine or feminine. So a student asked his Spanish teacher, is a computer a masculine noun or a feminine noun? And his teacher decided to let the class answer the question, split them up, boys on one side, the ladies on the other side, and said, come up with the answer and give me four reasons to prove your point. So the girls got together on one side and they decided absolutely computers are masculine nouns. Why are they masculine? They said, reason number one, no, no one but their creator understands their internal logic. And that's the first reason. Reason number two, the native language they use to communicate with other computers is incomprehensible to everyone else. Reason number three, that computers are female, according to, are, are, are male, yeah, are female, are male, <laughs> according to women, is even the smallest mistakes are stored in long-term memory for later retrieval. And lastly, as soon as you make a commitment to one, you find yourself spending, this is what the guy said, you find yourself spending half your paycheck on accessories. And all the men said, amen. But then the women, I can tell this is a mostly women congregation, so you're going to come alive now. The women on the other hand, got together and said, no, computers are male. And here's the proof. Number one, in order to do anything with them, you have to turn them on. <laughs> Number two, they have a lot of data, but still can't think for themselves. <laughs> Number three, the women said it's definitely male because... They are supposed to help you solve problems, but half of the time, they are the problem. And lastly, computers are male because as soon as you commit to one, you realize if you'd waited a little longer, you could have got a better model. So, to the Bible, Genesis chapter 23. This is an amazing scripture. Verse 17, so the field of Ephraim, which was in Machpelah, was there in Mamre, the field, the cave, which was in it, and all the trees and all the things around it. Verse 19, and after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah. And then quickly go over to Genesis chapter 49, Genesis chapter 49. And uh, I want to show you again, this, this same cave shows up again in Genesis 49 and verse 30. Uh, if you read verse 29, he gathered his people, bury me with my fathers in the cave. And what cave is that? Verse 30, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah. 
Verse 31, they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there, Jacob says, I buried Leah in that cave. I'm going to stop reading and I want to talk to you about this cave that Abraham bought for him and his wife. And it's called Machpelah. The word Machpelah, Mac means to build or has to do with to build. And Pila in Hebrew means double or couples. It's the cave of couples. That's what it means. Machpelah means it was a cave and it was of couples. You've heard of a man cave, but I'm going to talk about a couple's cave. And it's where Abraham and Sarah were buried together. I want to know how to get to the cave of couples. In other words, Abraham and Sarah started out together, but they didn't let life separate them. And the ultimate goal of every couple under the sound of my voice who is married is to make it to the cave of couples till death do we part. He wasn't buried in his cave and she wasn't buried in her cave. They were buried in the cave of couples. And God's dream for every marriage is to make it all the way from beginning to end on the journey, doing the will of God. And in the end, you're together and you end in the cave of couples. Adam and Eve were the first couple that we read about in the Bible. God made them a couple. All of the animals had a mate, but he did not have a mate. And when the Bible speaks of women in the Bible, or, or, or when the Bible speaks of animals in the Bible, it speaks of them having a mate. But it said, Adam looked at all the animals and he could f not find a mate, M-A-T-E, that was suitable for him. Which number one tells me we're not of animal species. I don't care what you've been taught. If, if, if an animal could have fulfilled him, he would have been okay with somewhere. I'm sure there was a monkey there if that's what we came from. And, and he could have figured that and said we're suitable. But he said there was nothing in the animal kingdom that was suitable for him. Because... When Eve was brought to him from God, he said, she's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, meaning she is of my species. That's what he was so excited about. They all have their own species. There's the animal species, but I am not an animal. I'm made in the image of God and she is bone of my bone and she is flesh of my flesh. Therefore, she's, she's a woman and the Bible said she came from Adam's rib. Imagine with me one day an, an angel came to Adam and said to Adam, Adam, God is going to give you a wonderful gift. He's going to make you a beautiful woman. She's going to be gorgeous. And every day when you come home from work, she's going to be standing at the front door. You're going to have to work with me on this. And, 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 she's, and she's, going to, she's going to smell so sweet. And she's going to look just so incredible. And she's going to open the door and she's going to hug you and tell you how much she loves you. And she's going to have your robe waiting. And 
bedroom slippers and you're going to sit down in your big comfortable chair and she's going to rub your back and she's going to have the TV flipper already set on ESPN and she's going to tell you how wonderful you are and then she's going to feed you a gourmet meal. Everything you can imagine is going to be there and after she does that, oh my goodness, she's going to just be there just to love you and love you and love you and, and, and anything you want. That's, that's God's gift to you. He's going to give you that in woman and Adam said to the the angel, what is that going to cost me? And the angel, and the angel said, well, this is the bad news. It's going to cost you your right arm and your right leg. And Adam said, what can I get for a rib? I'll get the men in a minute, but that's about the best joke you're going to get all morning. You need to lighten up a little bit, but Getting off to a bumpy start here this morning. <laughs> the Bible said that when it came to Eve, that he called her, God called her your help meet, not help mate, M-A-T-E. Notice the wording in Genesis. It said he called her his help meet, M-E-E-T, meet. And the Hebrew word there is nezer, which means, you're not going to believe what that means, divine help, not just a helper, but Adam, she is your divine help. She is divine help in a human package to you. That's what your wife will be. That's what your spouse will be. She will be from me, divine help in a human package. As a matter of fact, the word Ebenezer comes from an Old Testament story when Israel was being defeated and uh, God started throwing hailstones from heaven and wiped out the enemies of Israel and they in great appreciation built a memorial and called the name of the place Ebenezer. If you've ever been to the south, every, every town in the south has a Baptist church called Ebenezer Baptist. And, 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 we, and the word Ebenezer means Ebba to build Nezer with divine help. So that divine help is the part that God said your wife will be. Everything that you're going to try to build, God says you won't be able to do it by yourself, but she is your divine help. If you want to build a healthy home and, and children and family and a successful business, don't just look at her as something physical, but see her as a spiritual, in a human package, divine help. God said, Adam, your number one need is spiritual help. Divine help is your number one need. And Adam, I know she's a knockout. And I know physically she's something else. But she's so much more than physical satisfaction. She is the kneeser. I'm going to play with words. She is the easer of your life. She is the divine help you're going to need in every step of your life on the will of God. If you have her, you have divine help. If you get rid of her and go some other direction by yourself, you will lose a portion of the divine help that I would have given you. And as great as whatever it is you do by yourself, you will never be as effective as you could have been with divine help that I sent you. You need Adam 
some divine help. You, you are either going to win or lose the battles of life depending on whether or not you have some divine help in your corner. That's why the Bible said, he who, who, who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord, divine help from the Lord. And you're going to win or lose according to how you treat your divine help. God even said, I won't hear your prayers, sir, if you don't hear her. How you treat her is how I will treat you. When you begin to understand, and the way the Lord broke it down to me is he said, how would you like to, how, if you would treat Sharice like she is your anointing. She's your divine help when you preach. How bad would you need her? How, 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 how would you treat her if she's your divine help? Imagine how much God would bless you if you treated your wife like really what God was doing. God, see, Adam had a relationship with God before Eve showed up. He would walk through the garden in the cool of the day. And God would do that for an hour every day with Adam. But, but God said, you know, you need more than one hour a day. You need 23 hours of, of, of some divine help. And I'm going to send it in a human package. And she's going to come and she's going to bring into your life. And together you will be able to build things that you cannot build. If the enemy separates you like healthy children and a strong family and a successful life, not just make money, but, and end up in a man cave all by yourself with a big old mansion and no family, but you have a couple's cave where it's not about you, it's about us. You have to have some divine help and she is your divine help, sir. How powerful is it to know that when you go to work, you have some divine help praying for you. When you're trying to raise children, you have divine help that's helping you raise those children. When you're trying to build a business, you have divine help. How many of you like to know that you have divine meaning God from God help? How many of you'd like to know that? God says you already do through your wife and how you treat her depends on how much I trust you with. Some women fight depression because they're made to feel unneeded, unimportant, secondary. But that's a lie of the enemy. You Make the difference in whether he wins or whether he loses. Your husband needs divine help in a human package. The Bible puts it this way. Except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Except the Lord builds. In other words, unless you have divine help, you can't build what you're trying to build. And God says, guess what my divine help for you is? It's that kneeser I gave you. That easer. She eases your life. And if you will allow her, she will become that that divine help in a human package and together this is the key this thing is rigged we are striving together we're dreaming together we're praying together we're raising kids together we're doing the will of the Lord together God wants you to be together. And I'm afraid that our, our culture has taught us that, you know, you go along in marriage and as long as everything's going good and there's no trouble and there's, and, and it's exciting and it's fun, you stay together. But I want you to hear me. Our ultimate goal is the cave of couples. We started out together, Sharice and I, and we're going to end together in the cave of couples. 
because I can't lose her. If I lose her, I lose my divine help. A couple in love with God together, a spiritual union together. Do you know that statistically, people who stay together 30 years or more are the happiest. They all, I mean, this is, this is so proven statistically. They make it 30 years and more, and they say it's the happiest, most wonderful season of our life. Marriage is after 30 years. They said it takes 9 to 17 years for most people to die to selfishness. And the area that people get divorced in most is the first nine years. So imagine, imagine if you just stick it out for one year, three years, five years, or nine years. Guess what that means? Then you get divorced and you get to start all over in the worst season of marriage. And you go another eight, and she's not it either. Let me try another one. And you go right back. And you stay in this cycle. Whereas if you understand when we got married, we started this journey like Abraham and Sarah. And we're going to go through stuff. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through troubles. We're going to go through hell. But we're going to do it together. Nothing's going to We're making it to the cave of couples. And when this thing is over, it's till death do we part. You know... We better get this in our spirit and in our mind because here's why it's important. So, so Abraham is, is not expecting his wife to die. She's 127, but he's 137. <laughs> and he thought he would die first, so he was totally unprepared for her death. And when she died, the Bible said he bought a cave. They tried to give it to him because he's a legend. But he said, no, I will buy this. I'm going to provide this for my family. I want a cave. I'm going to call it Machpelah, the cave of couples. And I'll buy it. And he buried his wife, Sarah, there. And when he died, he was buried there. And when his son, Isaac, got married to Rebekah, the Bible said, in that text that I read to you, that they were buried there when they died. They started out together, and because they saw Abraham and Sarah, mom and dad, stayed together and made it to the cave of couples. Not that they were perfect. Not Remember, Abraham was a liar. Remember, Abraham said when the, when the king of, of, of Egypt wanted his wife, because she was so beautiful at 90-something years old, he was lusting after her. Uh, how many of you would like to get that mud and put it on your face? Come on. And, and, and the Bible said that he said, she's my sister. You can take her. She's my sister. Don't you know they had some marital issues after that? Now, God defended her, and he let her go when he found out it was his wife. But my point is, Abraham, the great... We think the only people who make it to the cave of couples is perfect people, flawless marriages, flawless couples. And the truth is, it's only imperfect, flawed 
marriages make it to the cave of couples. Abraham was a liar. Isaac was a luster. Jacob was a loser. And God said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of liars, lusters, and losers. And I don't care how jacked up your family is. Give me your family. Give me your marriage. Don't care about the lies, the lust, or the losing. I can turn it around by my grace and what the enemy tried to destroy. I can see it end in the cave of couples. Somebody give God a big praise. Oh, you can praise him better than that. We better speak up for marriage because in our culture, this is crazy preaching. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. Stay in it. Well, we're just going to split up. We got married and we just decided to split. You know, people think you split... You know what marriage is like? It's like when you split the atom. Have you ever heard the, the atom? They, you know what happens when they split an atom? You really can't split an atom. The atom splits everything around it. That's why we have an atom bomb. It's when scientists learn how to split the atom. It splits everything around them and it blows up. That is exactly, people say, well, we're just going to split up and we're not getting along. We don't like each other. And so, so we're just going to split and, and he and I are going to split and he can take the cat and I'll take the dog and he can take the truck and I'll take the house and he can take the boy and I'll take the girl and we're just going to split. But it doesn't just split you. It splits everything around you. It splits cousins and aunts and uncles and families and destiny and purpose. It, 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 it devastates. It's not a small thing. And, and we need to say through God's word, we're going to make this thing work. We're going to the cave of couples. You know, we're joint heirs together, the Bible said. What's interesting is if you go to Israel, and we're going in November... One of the places we always visit is the cave of Machpelah. There, there, there is in Judaism two most holy sites. The number one most holy site to an Orthodox Jew is the Wailing Wall. The second most holy site in all of the Holy Land to the Orthodox Jew is the cave of Machpelah, the cave of couples. Why? Because Abraham and Sarah are buried there. Watch this. But not only Abraham and Sarah... Isaac and, and Rebekah are buried there. Not only Isaac and Rebekah, but Jacob and Leah are buried there. And what's interesting is by the fourth generation, they stopped making. It wasn't transmitted to the fourth generation. And the couples, the rest of the family, even though he had plenty of space for them to be buried, it's a huge area. He wanted his whole family to make it to the cave of couples. But because they stopped valuing, apparently, and by the fourth generation, you never read again of any of the great-great-grandchildren of Abraham and Sarah ending their marriages in the cave of couples. I wonder if that's not happening to our nation and to our families. That, that because we disregard marriage, because we devalue marriage, because we quit marriage and we don't make it to the cave of couples, the next generation says, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And that's what I'm trying to get you to understand, that God has a plan for our families. And, and, so, and so when you go to the Holy Land, it's amazing that you will read about the fact that 
Abraham and Sarah and, and, and his son Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Leah, they're buried there. But somewhere, families stopped teaching. Somewhere, they stopped preaching like I'm preaching. And they said, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody's giving up. Everybody's getting a divorce. And if you've been through a divorce, God loves you. We love you. But, but you need to be faithful with the one you're with now. You need to make it work now. You need to fight for that. Well, you don't understand what we've been through. You don't understand how we've been devastated. I've got a pastor in our lives, in Sharice and I's lives, uh, who's a great man of God. He's 80-something years old, and he's a great man of God. And when I am not acting right, she will call him and her and say, come counsel us. And we've done that through the years. And he told me something one time when we were talking. He said, Jensen, he said, I preached a, I preached a, a funeral one time for a pastor. It was his 16-year-old son who was killed drunk driving. He said, you talk about a devastated family. He said, I looked at this pastor, his wife, and the two siblings, the brother and the sister of the young man that was in the coffin. And I had to preach. And I said, God, what do I say to this family that has been devastated? And he said, you know what I preached on? I said, what? He said, Rispa. I said, who is Rispa? He said, she was one of the wives of King Saul. And when the Gibbonites invaded, they hung her, her, her five sons from a tree. And she took a cloth, a quilt, and laid it on a rock. And for three months, she camped out and she took a, a, a stick and, a, and, a, and she beat off the wild animals and the buzzards from eating the flesh of her dead sons who were hanging from a tree. And she wouldn't give up until they had a proper, proper burial. And he said, what I preached to that family was fight for what's left. And I don't know what your marriage has been through. I don't know what your family's been through. I wish all of us had perfect families and it wasn't, and you didn't have any liars and you didn't have any lusters and you didn't have any losers and you didn't have any issues and everything was one. But the word of the Lord to you today is fight for what's left because the miracle isn't in what you have lost. The miracle is in what you have left. And if you would give God what you've got left, he could touch that marriage. He could use that marriage. He could help that marriage. And you're never going to find happiness bailing out and trying again and trying again. The truth is, when you put God first and each other and begin to love one another and put God first, you can make it to the cave of couples. And I'm going to break it down and give you the steps tonight. Y'all getting anything out of this? You must be listening. Okay. All right. Say arm in arm, hand in hand, heart in heart, side by side. We're going to the cave of, of couples. The, the word pila means double. In other words, you get double when you stay married. Think of this. Your children get double the blessing. Your children get double the protection. 
If you stay together in the cave of couples, you get double the success. You get double the favor of God. You get double. You, the Bible said one can put a thousand to fight to 10,000. That means you are 10 times stronger, sir, if your wife, your divine help in human package is still with you. 10 times stronger. If one can put a thousand, two can put 10,000. That means, that means, lady, you, you, you may be very good at what you do and very powerful, but if he's with you, you're 10 times mightier. Because it's the cave that means double. That we have double favor, double blessing, double protection, double strength, as long as we stay together. God's promises are for us together. God's, God will help you raise those children together. Not one pulling one way, one pulling the other way. Pila ought to be the desire of every one of us who are married. We have no option. We will make it to the cave of couples. I even thought about You want a man cave? Is that, is that what it's all about for you? Me, 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 I, 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 my, 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 I, my, 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 me, 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 I, 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 I. Then you can have a man cave. You know, all, men have their own cave. There's nothing wrong with that, but they got everything they like, a pool table and a deer head on the wall and, and you know, all, all the stuff, big old TV, ESPN stuff, all that stuff that we like. A man likes a man cave. But what if we had couples caves? Maybe we ought to have a, a place that says, this is our place. And first thing you do is put a sign on the door, no children allowed. <laughs> Deadbolted. Soundproof walls. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Mood lights. Pictures of nobody on the wall but you and her. I want, I want you to understand that the only people that make it to the cave of couples are imperfect people, flawless people, people who struggle, who have to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. Let's try again. Let's, let's, let's dream again. Let's love again. Let's forgive again. Let's, let's start again. Let's do it all over again. That's how you stay together. Not perfect, not we really get along and everything's wonderful because there's times of that and then there's times when things aren't going right, but you are determined to make it to the cave of couples. I'm almost done. Turn to somebody and say, fight for what's left. If you, if you do a Google search of the word Macpila, it will bring up Macpila Cemetery. It is in Queens, New York, and it's the number one attraction in that, in that area. Why? Because the great Houdini, the great magician, was buried there. His dad was a noted rabbi, by the way. So it wasn't by accident that he was buried in the cemetery of Machpelah, which means because he knows the tradition, the history. Even to this day, the Jews go in Israel to the cave of Machpelah and they rehearse their history with their families. See, we've lost that. We've lost that. Now listen to this. So Houdini, 
who was extremely wealthy, builds a massive mausoleum and burial place worth millions of dollars. And it's the number one attraction in that area. And people come from near and far to see Houdini's burial place in the cemetery of couples. And he built it and it's worth millions of dollars. But remember, he was a magician who dealt in trickery, not only professionally, but the truth is that he was very unfaithful to his wife, repeatedly had affairs on her to the point that she lost all respect for him. And when he was buried in the cemetery of couples with a multi-million dollar mausoleum and beautiful grave spot, marble, everything you can imagine, and has a plot for her beside him, she refused to be buried with him because she lost all respect for him because she was saying, all of your wealth and all of your fame and all of your money is not what life is about. If you can't be faithful to me. And she refused to be buried there. She's buried in another place. And isn't it something that we can, we can build kingdoms and we can build businesses and we can build stuff and we lose our marriages. But I love this in closing. That last generation was, was Jacob and Leah and Jacob had a son named Joseph and you know the story, Joseph brought his old man, Leah died, and he brought his old man, Jacob, to Egypt, and he was mighty in, in Egypt, Joseph, when Pharaoh raised him up. And when Jacob died, the old man, Pharaoh, the richest man in the world, said to, to Joseph, I want to honor you by honoring your father. I know that he died, and I have built a pyramid, this is in your Bible, for your son, for your father, I should say, Joseph, for your father to be buried. We're going to mourn for 70 days. Nobody in Egypt will do anything but mourn for 70 days for your father. And then we're going to embalm him and we're going to put him in one of the pyramids of Egypt as an act of honor. It'll be amazing. It'll be spectacular. It'll be worth millions and millions of dollars. And we're going to bury him right here in Egypt in a pyramid. And Joseph said to Pharaoh, I appreciate this generous act. But you don't understand, sir. My father, Jacob, on his deathbed, made me take my hand and put it under his thigh, which was the symbol of a sacred vow. And he made me vow to him, this is in your Bible, that I would not be buried in Egypt. That I would take his remains back and bury him in the cave of couples with his wife. I want you to hear this preacher. He was saying, if I have to choose between the wealth of Egypt, the fame of Egypt, the glory of Egypt and being buried in a man cave without my wife and without my family, I will gladly give it up to be buried in the cave of couples. I don't want that. I want to be together. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to miss God's plan for my family. We started this journey together, Sharice and I, you and your mate, and you said something like this, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, 
till death do we part. We're going to make it to the cave of couples. I want every couple to clap at least. I don't expect the singles to, but I want every couple to clap real loud and scream. So, so I defy the culture of our day. I refuse. I told Teresa, I told her, I said, now, now if I die before you do, I, uh, I know that when you marry your, another, your other husband that lives off my insurance money, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I do expect you to be buried with me. You can put him over there if the poor thing needs it. I don't care. Because I'll outshine him in eternity. Come on, somebody. I'm playing around. But one of these days, one of us are going to go. And I tell you, my dream in life is not to build something and say, look what I've done. But she's my divine help. I wouldn't be anything that I am. I wouldn't have anything that I have if it were not for her. She's divine help in the human package. And I love you. I'm so thankful. I don't know what I'd do without you giving me my children, my family. And, and you know what? I appreciate that. But you know what matters more to me than, than you and your opinion? is I want, when I die, her to love me enough and respect me enough that she'll want to be buried with me. I don't want her to lose respect for me and my I don't want to do anything. God help me. And we're not perfect people. We, we probably already have. But I want her to see at least, there's no doubt about it, all he ever really wanted to be was a man of God and a good husband and a good daddy. And I'd rather have that than all Egypt can offer and be buried in the cave of couples. That is success. That is success. If I never get to Newport Beach, if I never get the stuff over there, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, if I've got to choose, this is what matters to me right here. Family, God, marriage, home, the cave of couples. God. And don't let me fail the generations coming. Because if, if this atom right here splits, the atom bomb goes off. And Carissa and Ben and Courtney and Tyler and Caroline and her mate and Drake and his mate and Connor and her, her, her mate, when God gives it to them, they all say in their mind, it's no big deal. Folks, I'm preaching the truth this morning. Fight for what's left. Be faithful in the marriage you're in. We can't go back and undo if you've been remarried and all that. We're not here throwing stones at you. God's grace is why we're all here. But here's the point. You're responsible for where you are right now. And I'm not here in Southern California preaching this message and you and your mate going through hell. We have gone through those same seasons and still do. By God's grace, there's a commitment in her and in me. We're going to have to get over this. 
because we're double when we're together. And we're going to make it to the cave of couples. Stand to your feet all over this room. Lift your hands up toward heaven. If you're single, lift your hands toward heaven because God's getting you ready for something different and something wonderful and something unique that's in his will. Lift your hands high all over this room right now. Every man, every woman in this room. Now see, I know, I know in a, in a vast audience like this, I know that people are dealing with infidelity. I know that people are dealing with, with porn on the, on the website. I, I, know, I know that people are dealing with hell in the home. I know, there's no doubt about it, somebody's headed for divorce. And you almost didn't come to church and Valentine's Day, the enemy thought would be your last Valentine's together. But God brought you here today to say, give me what's left. I don't want to beat you up. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to put you down. I want, I want to love you. I want to forgive you. I want to heal you. I want to restore you. I want to cleanse you. It's beautiful. Come on, brother. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. I wonder if there's any other couples in this room and say, you know, we really need divine help in our marriage, in our home. And maybe you got a child that's sick. Maybe you got a, you know, the stuff that starts adding on. Maybe you lost a job or finance stress. But, but, but together, you're unstoppable. D together, you can, you can recover from anything. And, and I, I just want to make this a big... Normally, I go for the lost, and you know how we do that. But, but I feel led to say to every married couple in this room, I want you to take the hand of your spouse, and I want you to come down here and stand in this altar. Every married couple in this room. Every married couple in this room. Let's give them a big hand. Here they come. From the front to the back. That's it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Every married couple, take the hand of that spouse. Beautiful. Come on, help me, ushers. Get them in real quick, real quick. There you go. Get in as close as you can. This is beautiful, beautiful. Sharice, will you come up here with me, please? I want every man to look at his wife right now and say, you are my divine help in human package. And I love you. And I'm so thankful for you. Even though I haven't always shown that. I can't even hardly look at her. I'm getting choked up. Now I want both parties to say these words together. I make a vow to you here today that we're going to make it to the cave of couples. We started out together and we're going to end together. And our family is going to be double blessed, double joy, double prosperity, double favor, and double blessing because we're together forever till death do us part. Now let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak blessing over every couple under the sound of my voice. 
I just beat off the buzzards of what's left. I know the enemy's trying to devour what's left. And it's not that we haven't been through storms and we haven't been through attacks. And yes, some things seemingly have died and been destroyed. And maybe it will never be the same, the enemy whispers. But oh God, I thank you that you're the God of what's left. And we fight for what's left and the miracles in what's left. And Lord, we just pray now for your peace to come into every home. Reconciliation, love, a new appreciation, a new awareness, a new tenderness, a new kindness, powerful, loving, encouraging words. Oh God, we pray for our homes. We surround today our homes with your word, the truth of your word. And we see ourselves in the cave of couples with the blessing of God on our families, Lord. And we just speak over every home and every family. Let the curse be broken. Let the blessing be released. And today, oh God, may no weapon formed against our marriages prosper. Oh Lord, restore, heal, and bless in Jesus' name. Now hold that hand up together. And I'm going to speak the old... Uh, this is the, the most powerful blessing that God commanded Moses to speak over the people. And I speak it over your family and over your marriage. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you. And may He give you peace. Your home, your marriage is blessed right now. And in Jesus' name, your house will stand because it's built on the rock. Jesus Christ. If you believe that, release a great praise unto God right now. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed. 